You are listening to the Build a Brain podcast with Dr. Jeannie Zare. Join the quest to shape an efficient brain that fires on all cylinders and runs like a fine-tuned machine. You are now in the capable hands of an international presenter and a pathologically optimistic brain builder. Dr. Zaire will give you the right blocks to build that three pounds of cerebral muscle for you, your child, or the young adult you teach or mentor. Block by block, thought by thought, now is the time to build a better brain. Let's get started. Sharon Egan from Adrian, Michigan, and I'm so glad that you found Build-A-Brain. You know, my favorite thinking skill is identifying relevant cues. Dr. Zare has helped me to strengthen my ability to define student challenges by really using this thinking skill of identifying relevant cues. Welcome, friends, to episode six, where we are going to search for relevant cues. We are working in the elaboration phase of the thinking skills. We also call them power tools for the mind here at the MindCap Center. And searching for relevant cues is just one of my favorite. When Professor Feuerstein was recognizing what was not working well for those Holocaust survivors, he had another Um, another word for it. Well, he was recognizing what was not working. So he said there was an inability to select relevant versus irrelevant cues. Okay. So what do you think, Kibway? Does that mean Mm -hmm. like you can't focus on the right things at the right time? Ah, yes. That is one way to look at it. The brain likes to take in a lot of information. Like it's very difficult for us to let anything go. You know, you, your eyes see everything, our ears hear everything, but your brain has to decide, do I want to focus on that right now? Well, this is like taking focusing to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Now, not only am I focusing, but I'm making a decision. Is that important right now or not? So what is important or not important is another way to look at this word relevant. But if you also dig into that word relevant, it's talking about a specific situation because relevant means it's like related to. So if it's relevant, it's connected to something. So if you're trying to cook supper, and I think you're a pretty good cook, if I remember right, from what I see on your Facebook post, you like to cook. (laughs) So if you're cooking and you've got people coming over for dinner, but the phone rings and someone just wants to chat for a while, you're like, really, really sorry, but I'm gonna have to call you back. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that little conversation, obviously they just wanna chat. It's not like it was something important. So you have to make the decision. Look, I've gotta cook supper. Uh, I got some people coming over for dinner. Can I call you back tonight about nine o'clock? Would that be okay? So you make a decision and you quick make a plan and be able to get focused back on cooking that fabulous meal that you were working on. So that's a real simple example but how about academically? Do you remember story problems? Yes, I didn't <laughs> care for that very <laughs> You and most of the world, <laughs> myself included. So when we did those big old story problems, sometimes the authors of those math textbooks would throw in extra information that we didn't need. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. 
So there may be four numbers in that little story problem and you only need to use three of them. So which one do you let go? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to make, you got to make a decision. So this is just a really, really good, uh, cognitive skill. It's a big word, relevant versus irrelevant, but it's important an important one. We often get sidetracked in life because we chase what is not relevant at any certain time or any certain day. Of course, Making decisions about relevancy is cultural and faith-based. Absolutely. Makes a big difference on what we're going to decide is relevant. So what you value will trickle down. So we got to walk our talk with what we see as relevant in our lives. Would your environment dictate what is relevant Mm -hmm. or irrelevant as well as your culture and faith? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. You can get a three-year-old on a great path by asking them questions and getting them to think. They think um, even an infant responds to our voice when we go, what do you see? Your voice goes up at the end of a question and the brain kind of wakes up and kind of goes, what? Hmm?" It's a little, do you remember in school when the teacher called on you and you weren't paying attention? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you're like, why'd she call on me? I didn't have my hand up. All right. So, yeah. So the environment does definitely make a, make a difference for us when we decide what is relevant and what's irrelevant. So to solve a problem, we have to decide what information is needed and what is just extra stuff we can ignore on any given day in any kind of problem. So this becomes a huge factor in math story problems or when I'm at home and I'm making choices for I'm going to put a puzzle together. Most people have a strategy, you know, they're going to start with a certain color or they're going to start with the border pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. So we decide what's relevant um, to to help solve a problem. So anyone that you're working with and you think this could be a thinking skill that's not very strong with them, you can simply ask this question teach them the word relevant say well is that relevant right now and if they look at you and cock their head like i don't this this is a person that hasn't used that word just follow right up and say well i was just wondering if you think that's important right now or is it something you can let go so when i teach this in classrooms i have kids take their two fists and i say okay in your left fist let's pretend this is something important now stick your right hand out and just open it up and just let it go just open your hand and let it go. So life is kind of like that all the time. This is important. This maybe isn't right now. We're making those choices all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that can be really confusing for kids because I feel like when you're a child, everything seems like an emergency. <laughs> Good know? point. Yeah. Everything seems yeah. like it's super important, especially mm-hmm. when adults say it. Well, they're just trying to figure out the world. There's just, that's why these questions are so important that we give good questions to kids so they can stop and think. And when we ask questions, we give wait time. And that's a little different in school. You remember the teacher to ask a question and there would be, maybe you were one of them, Kibway, that your hand was in the air. Man, you were ready to answer because you're like, yeah, I know this one and you got your hand up, right? (laughs) And so, 
teachers tend to grab the first kid. There was a study done that most teachers wait about one and a half seconds before they call on somebody. Mm. And teachers know their students. So it's tempting to call on, oh yeah, I know Kibway's gonna have the, the right answer. He's gonna say it and everyone will hear it and I can move on as a teacher. Yeah. But what if, what if Justin over here, what if he, he struggles in this subject, but he's got his hand up. And as a teacher, I'm going, oh, he's probably just, you know, he's taking a stab at it. But I could give him a chance, right? I could give him a chance. So giving kids an opportunity to, um, by giving some wait time and let them think a little bit. And you can do this with one-on-one -on -one mentoring so much easier than yeah. classroom time is difficult. That wait time is tough. Some other questions you could ask is what is important? Okay, I've said that one already, what is important? Or how did you decide it's important? Mm, that's a really good question. Yeah. How did you decide this is important right now? Well, how do you think most young people or children decide importance? Because <laughs> they like it. Ah, yeah. Okay. Why'd you buy that one? Because I like it. Okay, but now I want to just keep going a little bit here. Tell me why you like it. So we try to get underneath there and get them to just think. It's not like there's some magic perfect answer to that, but often children make impulsive decisions because the first thing they see, they just think they like it, so they grab it. Right. I just want to play that game. Well, because I like it. Oh, well, let's think about why. Why do you like it? Oh, because you're really good at it. Well, how about this activity over here? Oh, that's going to be a challenge? Oh, but challenges are good for the brain. That's how you build a brain, is by taking on challenges. And questions are challenges, aren't they? Yes, they are. Because if somebody asks me a question, oh, i got to come up with an answer. Right, and it's like a gentle way of acclimating your students or whoever, whatever kids you're mentoring, mm -hmm. how to encounter challenges and assess the information. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, at, at MindCap, we encourage our clients, children and adults, to take the word hard out of their uh, vocabulary. So in our culture, if something's hard, don't we think, oh, that's an excuse not to do it? Why would I want to do that? That's hard. Yeah. But if I say, well, Kibway, this looks like this is going to be a challenge for you, doesn't it? Challenge sounds kind of cool. <laughs> right? Sounds confident. Yeah. Yeah, it's got softer sounds, challenge. That's kind of cool sounding. I call hard my pirate word, hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. It has hard sounds. Yeah. So when your, your, your person you're working with says, oh, this is too hard, your response could be, well, it might be a challenge. Right. And then that's going to make it be maybe a little more relevant for them to want to tackle it because you've kind of reframed it instead of it being something, oh, so difficult, I don't even want to, want to do it. Let me give you another question you could ask. What do you need? There's a problem in front of you, right? You're trying to figure out how to do this math problem or you're trying to, what do you need to solve it? And it kind of goes along with the next one, what part is relevant and what part isn't relevant. So you maybe need to focus on just this part and let another part of the problem go. Mm -hmm. So what do you need? Well, I need to look at just this. 
And I and so relevancy goes along with importance, goes along with something that's needed or it's not needed. So there you go. There you go. There's one more thinking skill. We also call them power tools, and it's called searching for relevant cues. How do you know that your child or the students that you're working with are having a lot of challenges um, finding the relevant cues mm -hmm. for what's going on with them, whether it's in mm -hmm. homework or behaviorally mm -hmm. or interacting with the other um, classmates or in the, with the group, what are the symptoms of mm -hmm. children who need better questions and need mm -hmm. better behavioral or relevant cues? Mm -hmm. One thing that we hear is, well, this is confusing. Okay. And that's casting the challenge onto the issue so that I don't have to own it. So it's, they maybe don't have this cognitive skill. And so they're thinking, well, if I make it look like the problem is just too confusing, then I kind of get an out. So that's a, that's a clue to me that they don't know how to tackle it. They don't know how to pick out what's relevant when they say something like, well, this is just confusing. And I usually respond with, yeah, it may be right now, but let's look at it again and then follow up with some of your questions. Well, tell me what you see here. Yeah, and then we can maybe understand why it looked confusing yeah. to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. All right, so another great cognitive skill that Professor Feuerstein identified, and I'm so glad I learned about it. So I hope you'll come back for another episode and listen to them again. Sometimes it's good to just listen through these several times until they become a part of you. So I hope you'll join us again. This is Dr. Jeannie Zier for Build a Brain. Thanks for listening to the Build a Brain podcast. If you're wanting more information on how to build a brain, please visit the website for the MindCap Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana at www.mindcap.org. That's www.mindcap.org. Children and adults from across the United States and Canada have found the cognitive help they needed at the MindCap Center. Their specialized team is trained in all levels of the Feuerstein program and can literally help you or your child build a new brain. We'll see you next time.